Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Who's ready for the word of God today? You ready? (laughs) All right, well, it's my privilege to share another message from God's wonderful word for you. And as usual, if you would like to follow along with the outline of today's message, you can through your Bible app. Just choose Encounter Church and the events. You'll find in English and in Spanish our outline for today. And if you prefer a printed version, it'll be in the printed box there in the back. Also, this outline serves as your guide for your discipleship group. So make sure you get on your Bible app and save your outline or grab a printed one. Who's ready for the word? I said we're continuing this morning in our 2021 year long theme. Multiply and Acts chapter six, verse seven, our year long verse says, then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples What happens when the word of God spreads? What happens to the disciples? They multiply. And all year long, our aim is to multiply the... Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. And the reason we've been reading word for word through the gospel of Mark, focusing on the words of Jesus, is because we believe that the more... The words of Jesus spread, the more they're received, and not only received, not only heard, but acted upon and lived out, then the kingdom of God, the culture of Jesus, will spread and take over, amen? How many of you want to be a multiplier of the kingdom of God? How many of us want to be a multiplier of the culture of Jesus? Then we got to get the word in us, right? We've learned so much In Mark chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, we're going to finish up Mark chapter 8 today, but just a few things we've already learned about this year just in eight chapters of Mark. We learned about baptisms. We've learned about our purpose. We've learned about God's love for souls. We've learned about the core values of the gospel. We've learned about what real discipleship is. Can anybody remember the word? Diatribo, right? We learned about that. We've learned about the the importance of our spiritual family. We've learned about the right way to hear the word of God. We've learned about what real discipleship looks like. We've learned about uh, being full of the Holy Spirit so that we stay free from other spirits, right? Full house. We learned about what faith looks like. We've learned, we began a few weeks ago to talk about uh, uh, this, this theological word called, anybody know? Exegesis, which means the ability through critical analysis to extract truth or understanding from God's word. Who's been gaining some understanding over the past few weeks? Well, today we're going to get some more understanding. Last week we added another word to that, that if you truly gain understanding, you'll get this word, and it's the R word. What? There's a book in the Bible called it. It's the last one. Revelation, right? Everybody say Revelation. So as we get started today, I want you to turn and tell somebody, I don't care who, front, back, side, other side, turn and tell somebody, God definitely wants to give you revelation. But, but, tap them, say, but, but, be careful with your attitude. 
As we've been reading through and exegeting out of the Gospel of Mark, we haven't given every single message a title, because some of it's just been going through it with the truth, but I gave this one a title, all right? Ready? The title of today's message is, Good Revelation, Bad Attitude. All right? Good Revelation, Bad Attitude. Can you think of a situation where somebody's bad attitude costs them dearly? Can you think of a, of a time where someone's bad attitude caused them to miss out on something good or to forfeit something good? Have, can you think of somebody who their bad attitude caused them to just totally ruin something? Was that person you that you were thinking about? Hey, I don't know about you, but I can think of times when my bad attitude has ruined something good or caused me to miss out or forfeit something that I could have enjoyed. Okay? Come on, say, good revelation, bad attitude. Now, on that note, let's go to Mark chapter 8. Today we're going to finish Mark chapter 8. It's verses 27 through 38. For those of you tracing it through the Bible, Mark 8, 27 through 38 is also found in Matthew 16 and Luke Nine. Okay? Are we ready? Then Jesus and his disciples went out to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, but others say you're one of the prophets. And he asked them, How about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter replied to him, you, in contrast to the others, are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. Come on, somebody say, good revelation, Peter. Peter had a good revelation. In fact, we'll see it here in Matthew in a few minutes. We're going to read Matthew's version uh, of this. But Jesus actually said, good revelation, and you didn't get this from yourself. You got this from from God, from heaven, right? The only reason you know who I am, Peter, is because God has actually revealed it to you, right? You got this from heaven. Come on, say, good revelation, Peter. Then Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone about him. He had the habit of doing that. <laughs> and he began to teach them that the Son of Man, him, right, must of necessity suffer. Come on, say suffer. Many things and be rejected as the Messiah by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and must be put to death. And after three days, rise from death to life. Woo! He was stating the matter plainly, not holding anything back. Look at me. Jesus wants to tell you things plainly and not hold anything back. But be careful with your attitude. <laughs> then Peter took him aside and began to reprimand Jesus. <laughs> this next phrase, I love it and I hate it. But Jesus, turning around with his back to Peter. With his what? 
Jesus turned his back to Peter. Didn't turn his back on Peter. He turned his back to Peter, right? We'll come back to that here in just a minute. And seeing, uh, and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter in front of everyone, saying, but you got to see it. Everybody look at me. He didn't say. He said his back was to Peter. Okay, we're going to come back to that because that's very important. What did he tell him? Get behind me, Simon. Get behind me, Peter. No, what did he tell him? Get behind me, who? Satan. Called Peter the devil. For your mind is not set on God's will or his values and purposes, but on what pleases man, and especially the man being you, <laughs> right? Another, in, in, in another uh, gospel, it says, you're only seeing things from a human point of view, Peter. Actually, not Peter. Satan. Wow. I mean, what a picture of spiritual warfare. If the devil can get you to only see things from a natural human standpoint, whoo, we're in trouble. Come on, say, good revelation, Peter. Bad attitude, Peter. In fact, the first time he said, you got this from God. The second time, Jesus is basically saying, you got this from yourself. Actually, with the help of somebody. Satan. Did you know you can have the right revelation, but still be influenced by the devil to have a bad attitude? about the revelation let's keep reading we'll come back jesus called the crowd together with his disciples and said to them if anyone wishes to what what follow me as my disciple he must deny himself we read it deny himself no he must deny himself his Self, set aside selfish interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save now listen this is important whoever wishes to save his life not like save like when you save money in in a savings account save as in to hold on to it for yourself right rescue if you want to save or rescue your own life in this world you'll eventually what lose it through death but whoever loses or relinquishes his life in this world for my sake and the gospels will what? Actually save it. From the consequences of sin, separation from God, 
For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world with all its pleasures and forfeit his soul? Can you answer that question? It was a question. I asked you a few minutes ago, have you, because of a bad attitude, ever forfeited anything good? Missed out? We can forfeit our very souls with the wrong attitude towards Jesus. For what will a man give in exchange for his soul and eternal life? I mean, do you have something to pay for it? I don't. In God's kingdom, for whoever is ashamed here and now of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live ashamed of Jesus because I don't want him to ever be ashamed of me. Got a little more serious. Come on, somebody say, good revelation. Let's go with good revelation first because that sounds a little happier, right? (laughs) Come on, somebody. Peter definitely had the right revelation. Yes? Do we agree? Peter definitely had the right revelation. In fact, Peter had the revelation. The revelation of revelations that Jesus was the Christ. That Jesus was the Messiah. Let's look at Matthew's uh, version of this. Matthew 16, 15 through 18. Then Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. And now I say that you are Peter, which means rock, right? And upon this rock upon what you just said Peter this revelation I will build my church and all the powers of hell won't conquer it right Peter had the right revelation come on tell your neighbor ding 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 right he had the right revelation somebody what revelation the revelation (laughs) That Jesus was and is the Christ, okay, or the Messiah. Now, many of you may understand this, but let's understand it a little better today. When Peter called Jesus the Christ or Messiah, that was more than a lot of us understand it is as modern day Americans or living in the West, right? For Peter, who was a Jew, this meant something absolutely revolutionary. It was the one thing that would change everything. If Jesus was the Christ, if Jesus was the Messiah that they had been for generations waiting on since God announced it in Genesis when God said there will come one who will crush the serpent's head, right? You'll bruise his heel and they'll crush your head. They were were waiting for this Messiah to come. If Jesus were the one, that would change everything. In fact, it did. Even to this day, history is divided, right? B.C. and A.D. 
It is the, the revelation of revelations that if you get it, it changes everything. Christ is, see, was, I've, I've, uh, sometimes people ask, what's the difference between Christ and Messiah? And the answer is nothing, okay? Christ is Greek, Messiah is Hebrew, Hebrew all right? Everybody good? Are we following along? Ready to keep going? When Peter said that Jesus was the Christ or the Messiah, it means anointed one, literally God incarnate. Peter was literally saying, you are God. God in the flesh. God with a face, right? You are the ultimate and perfect and complete expression of the God we've been worshiping since the beginning of creation. The God who delivered my people, Peter, out of Egypt, right, from slavery. The God of the prophets and all the signs and wonders and miracles and all of the kings throughout the history of the Old Testament. That God who's revealed himself through creation and through signs and wonders and miracles and prophecy, when, G, when Peter said, you're the Christ, he was literally saying, I'm looking physically at God with a face on. That's what Christ means, the anointed one, the human being body that God completely and totally indwells. Okay? Come on, say anointed one. Peter was literally saying, you are God himself. Come on, say, Jesus is God. Now listen, I know I already said it, but let me say it again. You can only get this from God. <laughs> you can only have this revelation from God. This isn't something that, look, that, that's, why, that's why there's so many silly philosophies and religions out there because people try to figure things out on their own. You can't know God unless God reveals himself to you. Okay? But he wants to. He wants every one of us to know Jesus as Lord. Let's just get a, a, a clearer picture of what he meant when he said Christ. All right, look, Hebrews 2, 14 says, because God's children are human beings. We got any human beings out there? Made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. He wasn't. He's the eternal word of God with God from the beginning, no beginning and no end, the eternal expression of God. But because we're flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood. Are we following along? For only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. How many of us thank God for Jesus? 1 Timothy 3.16, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Have you ever felt like faith is kind of mysterious? No? Okay. Well, most people throughout history have felt that. <laughs> this is the mystery. In other words, the riddle has been solved, <laughs> right? There, did anybody ever see that old show, Unsolved Mysteries? Okay, so for generations, there was this unsolved mystery. And, and now, uh, it, Paul is telling Timothy, right, his spiritual son, he's discipling him, and he's saying, there's no more unsolved mystery. Here it is, right here. This is the mystery. God was revealed in a human body, or other translations say Christ was revealed in a human body, right? 
God or Christ, actually God in Christ, was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed on throughout the world and taken up to heaven in glory. By all means, y'all, Peter had the right revelation, right? Hmm. But it is possible to have the right revelation and the wrong attitude. Come on, let's just get, let's just get real today. It's, it's possible and very prevalent to have the right doctrine but the wrong application. The right beliefs. I mean, many believe in Jesus as the Christ. The right beliefs. It's very possible to have the right beliefs and the wrong behavior. Come on, say good revelation. Bad attitude. You know, James chapter 2, I, I, I've said this many times, but he, he just said it like it is. He told him, you believe right. <laughs> you believe the right thing. Go, go, go look at James chapter 2 later. You believe the right thing. You believe there's one God. Whoop. Woo. whoop de doo Hallelujah. All right. He, he said, you believe the right thing, but even the devil believes the right thing. The devil knows that God is God, that Jesus is the Christ. It's possible to have the right beliefs and live the wrong way. And some people say, as long as you believe the right thing, you're okay. The Bible begs to differ. Okay? Jesus begs to differ. We all right? Come on, say attitude is everything. <laughs> Aren't you glad? I mean, I read this and I think, Jesus could have said, get behind me, Satan, and don't ever come near me again. But he didn't. He said, Peter, you got the right revelation. You got it from heaven, but we got to deal with this attitude. And I'm going to get to that here now. Come on, say bad attitude. As we talk a little more about this, I want you to keep in your mind this picture that when Jesus did this, it says he turned his what? Back, Back towards Peter. Okay? This is the bad attitude. I like Jesus, right? Come on, tell your neighbor, I like Jesus. I mean, how many people like Jesus? How many people in the world? How many millions, even billions of people have liked Jesus, have liked the idea of Jesus being the son of God who came to save, right? right. Yes. This is, the, this is the problem. When you have the right revelation but the ba a bad attitude, it, it's this. I like Jesus, but I want to do life my own way. Jesus referred to this attitude as trying to save your life. Again, not save like I have extra money and I'm going to put it in my savings account to use it later. No, as in 
I want to do it my own way. I want to retain it. I don't want to let it go. I like Jesus, but I want to live my life my way. Unfortunately, many believers live this way. And Jesus made it very clear that contrary to saving your life, this is actually the way to lose it. If I hold on to my way of life, I will lose my life. Listen, look, look at me. Rather you've believed in Jesus or not. How many have believed in Jesus but want to continue? I want to keep doing life my way. It doesn't take long to be far from Jesus again. We, we have to understand something, though. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm giving a slight break to Peter. Is that all right? Can we give Peter just a little tiny little break? All right. See, Peter was a Hebrew. He was Jewish, right? And he had been taught incorrectly about the Messiah. I mean, they were, they, let's just say that they had some unmet, no, unmet is too weak, completely opposite expectations of the Messiah. Okay? Let me give you just a few examples, okay? Peter and many others in his generation were in a really tough spot because Jesus wasn't doing things the right way, right? You say, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Jesus didn't do anything pretty much like people expected or, look, or wanted him to, okay? A few wrong expectations that the Jews had of the Messiah. They expected the Messiah to come defeat their political enemies. And Jesus came to defeat the enemy of our soul. The Jews expected the Messiah to deliver them from political oppression, but the Messiah came to deliver us from spiritual oppression. They expected the Messiah to come as this, whoo, this king. And here comes Jesus as a servant, as a humble servant. They expected, this is a big one, they expected him to only care for the Jews. And there he is spending time with sinners, giving attention to Gentiles, and the worst of the worst, traitor tax collectors. He cared for them too. I mean, talk about a bubble going, boop, right? They expected the disciples, oh, this is, a, this is a big one. The disciples, the 12, they expected to become great and powerful. And Jesus said, you're going to be the slaves and servants of all. <laughs> they did become humble servants. Many of them became martyrs, giving their life in service to God and his people. They expected the Messiah to defeat their oppressors by force. But Jesus came and defeated the oppressor, the devil, by death. By death. They expected, last one, redemption through the emancipation of Israel. (laughs) 
that the Messiah was going to come and just boom, set them all free and Israel's going to be, you know, back to its former glory. And redemption didn't come that way. Redemption actually comes through individual repentance and freedom. Okay? So how many of us can give Peter a slight little break that he expected all of this and Jesus was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have the right idea about me, Peter, but your attitude about what it means to follow me is all wrong. Okay? Let's go there. According to... Uh, Jesus, listen, Jesus did not do things like people expected or wanting him to do. And to this day, we've got to grab a hold of this. Are we ready? Jesus does not and will not do things like people expect or want. And this means that in order to follow him, we have to change. Change. God just loves me and accepts me the way I am. Actually, no. It cost him his life on the cross to change what we are. When we come to him, we don't have to fix ourselves. When we repent and we turn away from sin, he fixes us, right? But to truly follow Jesus is impossible if I don't change because he's not going to do it the way I want him to, right? Anybody ever been there? Has you, have you been following Jesus and all of a sudden you're like, Jesus, no, not like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want I I don't, I don't to love that person. I don't want to serve. I don't want to humble myself. I don't want to stop looking at that. I don't want to stop listening. I don't want to stop talking the way. I don't want to stop drinking that. I don't want to stop smoking. I don't want to stop with that. What's wrong with my attitude? And you know what Jesus does? It's not rejection, but it is a clear indication. You know what he does? He goes, Jesus will always turn his back towards our wrong attitudes. Not turn his back on us, not to reject us, but to show us, buddy, this is the only way forward. This is it. You want to move forward? This is the only way. You're going to be looking at my back. Okay? It's follow me. And you can't follow, I can't follow Jesus back and keep going in another direction. Let me tell you, I'm going to lose him. <laughs> According to Jesus, look, here are, 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 here, here's the sort of the, the, the bad attitude bubble popped. Are you ready? Come on, say, Jesus, pop my bubble. All right. Ready? And actually, even more seriously, this is the way to not get trapped. Okay? Ready? According to Jesus, living life from the angle of my own opinion is a trap. Living life from the angle of others' opinions of me is a trap. 
living life from the angle of what feels good to me is a trap. Living life from the angle of what actually might be considered temporarily good for me is a trap. If I'm living this way, put your seatbelts on, ready? Click. All right. If I'm living this way, according to my own opinions, according to the opinions of others, according to what feels good to me or what I think is good for me, if I live that way, the enemy doesn't even need to attack me. He's already got me right where he wants me. And this is that. Ready? I'm leading instead of following. When it comes to Jesus Christ and your relationship with him and your life with him, you and I, we cannot lead. We can only follow. We can only follow. Now, as we follow him, he uses us to lead others to follow him. Yes. But when it comes to him, my opinion, listen, newsflash. <laughs> Come on, tell your neighbor. They're not going to like it, but just go ahead and tell them anyway. Newsflash. Your opinion doesn't matter. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the truth, when it comes to the life that God has called us to live, our opinions matter zilch. The way I feel is irrelevant. What I think is good for me, What others think of me, their opinions of me, guess how much it matters. Now, I'm not saying live your life in a way that I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just going to be me. <laughs> then, then you're not going to follow Jesus, okay? You're going to be an example to others. But if I live my life more worried about what people think about me than what Jesus thinks of me, I'm trapped. Trapped I'm exactly where the enemy wants me. He doesn't need to attack me in any way. He's got me. I love you. <laughs> Ready? The reason Jesus turned his back towards Peter was to show him and everybody else that the only way forward is to follow. He was saying, Peter, Satan. <laughs> now, the good thing is he just named him Peter Rock, and he'd already, you know, it was pretty clear what Peter was going to be, Right? but not if he didn't get rid of the devil's attitude. Thank God Peter humbled himself and repented. And guess what? Every one of us has the same decision. Have you had the revelation that Jesus is the Christ? Good. Great. In fact, if you haven't received Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the Lord and Savior, you must today you must be born again. You must start a new life. He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to give you eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, you can know him today, right now. But to truly gain real life, we have to give up our life. 
The only way forward is to follow. So here's the conclusion. Come on one more time. This is the last time I promise. Tell your neighbor, you need a good revelation and a good attitude. <laughs> See, let me, let me just bring this to a close. Ready? The only thing that's truly good for me is to go Jesus' way. I might think other things are good for me, but the only thing truly good for me is to go Jesus' way. I say, rather than going the way of the crowd, we go the way of the cross, right? We don't go the way of the crowd, we go the way of the cross. And as I get ready to conclude this, and we're gonna go into a time of prayer, I wanna ask if we could avoid all distractions, uh, if we could just refrain from going in and out for the next couple of minutes because this could be a very important moment for somebody. Might be for you. We ready? Everybody's attention. It starts with the right revelation of Jesus. <laughs> he is God. He is the Messiah. He's the king. He came to save you. He died a criminal's death on the cross to take your sin, to take all of our sin upon himself, to pay the price so we could be forgiven and free from sin, to give us eternal life, to rescue us from hell and judgment. That's who Jesus is. Have you had that revelation? Look, have you received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? Have you made a conscious decision to turn away from sin in the world and turn your heart over to God? It's called repentance. Have you not only believed up here, but look, have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Not only the Lord, the Lord being your Lord. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? If you haven't, do it today. Do it right now. But real life is only gained through giving up my life. It's called surrender. So let's take some action today. Who wants to take action on this? It's life or death. Question, ready? Ready for the question? Am I hoping, trying, even insisting on following Jesus my own way? According to my own expectations? Or am I actually following Jesus going his way, and this is important, and allowing him to shape my expectations as I go. See, one of the things that gets so tough is we have all these expectations that are off. We start following Jesus and we're struggling because we're expecting one thing and we get another. The right way is to say, I surrender completely to Jesus 
My only expectation is to love you and follow you and obey you and imitate you, Jesus. I'll let you shape my expectations as I go, as I follow. See, what he has for us, his expectations are greater than anything we could ever expect. Just in reverence of the presence of God, I want to ask if we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes and no one going in and out just for another few moments. Surrender to Jesus today. Come on, did you hear that? Surrender. Did you, I didn't say accept Jesus. Don't just accept Jesus for who he is. Surrender your life to him. Today, the call is to lose our lives, to relinquish, to let go, to say, instead of my way, I'm going to go your way. So the first call is that. In fact, I want to do this with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, you need to surrender your life to Jesus today. We're going to pray a prayer all together, and you have to pray it individually and personally and mean it from your heart. But I'd like to know quickly who you are. If you say, that's me, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. Rather, you've never, listen, you've never received Jesus before. Maybe it's the first time. Or you've received Jesus before, but you've been backslidden. You haven't been close to God. Today you realize you really haven't been following Jesus. And today you're making the decision to follow Jesus, to truly surrender your life to Jesus. Rather, it's the first time or a rededication. Would you just pop your hand up really quick? I want to know who you are. Who else says that's me? All right. Who else says that's me? All right. Praise God. Who else says that's me? Anybody else? You want to surrender your life to Jesus today. There are some that are saying, yes, I believe there are others. And it isn't about raising your hand or not. It's about meaning this decision with your heart. Could we all pray this together? And if this is you, I want, to, I want you to make sure you're praying this sincerely from your heart. Come on, let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ. All together, Lord Jesus Christ. You are the Son of God. You are God. You came to rescue me. You lived a perfect life and became the perfect sacrifice to pay the punishment for my sins. Jesus, I believe you carried my sins upon yourself on the cross you died for me and then you defeated sin you defeated the power of sin come on let's confess it you defeated the power of sin when you rose from the dead Jesus you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords Today, come on, this is the important part. Today, 
I surrender. Jesus, you are my king. You are my Lord. as we get ready to worship and pray man I really prayed a lot for you guys this week and I know this is listen we get to the end of service and we're like okay it's over amen let's go eat listen don't do that right now I'm not gonna make this longer than it needs to be but this is so important Some of us really have been holding on to our own way. Maybe you've been, listen, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. But you know, right there where you sit, right now, you know it in your heart. You have been stubborn. (laughs) Holding on trying to save your life. I want it this way. This is the way I think it should be. This is the way I think I should be able to do it. And look, look, I want you to get a glimpse of Jesus back today. He's not turning his back on you. He's inviting you to fall in line. The good news is when we follow behind Jesus, oh, he does not only turn around and let us see his face, he sits down with us. He lets us talk to him. We get to know him. We get to sit at his feet and listen and worship and know and enjoy a relationship with him. But it's only possible if we follow him, if we let go of our own way. And I sense from the Holy Spirit today that there are maybe many of us that have been fooling ourselves. And you think that because you have the right, uh, the right revelation about Jesus that that's enough. But, and I'm listen, with all the love of God, but your bad attitude about following Him is costing you. You're forfeiting things. You're missing out on more of God. Today, the Holy Spirit is gently inviting us to have to add the right attitude to our revelation. Today. To, not, not tomorrow, not next week. Today. In that moment, Peter had a decision. Jesus is so wonderful and loving and compassionate that he allowed Peter and the disciples and everybody else to keep on following him, but they had to decide to do it. They had to decide to stay with Jesus, even though it meant changing. It's time to surrender all. 
So as the worship team leads us to worship and draw near to Jesus, if you need to repent, if you need an attitude adjustment, <laughs> right now is the moment. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Maybe you want to get on your knees. Maybe you want to get on your face. Maybe you want to step out into the aisle. and get. I don't care where or how you do it, but let's surrender all. Today, Jesus, I give up my life, my own way, to go your way. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.